first live video thank you so much for tuning in and we would love to talk to you about failure <laughs> something we both have a lot of experience with mm-hmm. uh, hopefully we're not alone um, and probably not alone um, but yeah jumping into things failure is something that people oftentimes see as something that's hugely bad they try to avoid it at all costs um, and something on our own personal journeys that we've learned along the way is actually failure can be very beneficial. Um, so a quote from Seth Godin, something that uh, I had 
been perusing a little bit earlier, something he said was, the person who fails the most actually wins the biggest. And my interpretation on that is very much the more you put yourself out there and take risks, the more opportunities you have to learn and improve and learn how to take the next steps and get to where you're going. Failure's where all the good stuff happens. Yeah. Um, failure for me has been really powerful. And it's when I was, I wasn't a, I'm an attorney. And while I was working for the state, I went back to school to um, change career paths. And while I was in school, we did a lot of reflection and self-awareness and development. We got a lot of feedback. And they really did an amazing job of fostering this environment where it was okay to fail. And it was in that environment where I was looking back and like, you can't fail at work, right? Your boss is going to be mad if you miss a deadline or there's no such thing. You know, you can't have a mistake. People are going to be mad at you. And that's just not right. That's not how the world operates. Uh, don't get me wrong. I don't think we should be giving, you know, medals to everyone if they don't come in for a second or third. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, like, you need to encourage failure because that's that's how you can grow. You can learn from it. Exactly. I think a failure, like you just said, picking piggybacking off of that, is a failure is an opportunity to learn. So with that, you kind of learn what not to do. From an early age of, like, you're a toddler and you go to touch, like, a hot stove or something like that, you get burned and you learn very quickly. Okay, that's not something that we do. Um, and same thing can go for in life. So it could be that um, you learn something as small as like when you're 16 and you're in a particular area and you're driving through, you're driving a little too fast. You get a ticket. You learn slow down, even if it's only momentary. Because <laughs> there are some people that are just speed demons out there. Um, but you learn how to slow down. Or sometimes you learn where the cops sit, and you're like, okay, in this area, you can't go over the speed limit. Um, and maybe in other areas, you can. What do you think of this idea? Uh, we said it on an episode or two ago about most, uh, most people fail because they never even get started. I honestly love that because what is it they say? Like, you miss 100% of the swings like you don't take. Mm -hmm. So if you have this grand idea that you want to pursue or um, a passion you want to pursue but you actually take no steps then automatically you're in the category of it failed because it mm -hmm. never actually got off the ground. So it's better to try and not succeed and try again than it is to not try at all. Exactly. Exactly. And you want to put yourself in environments where it's okay to fail and it's okay to mess up and I mean I fail all the time just thinking about you know, these last couple of days of the shop and what days were going to be open, what days were going to be closed, and the web app I'm developing and how I communicate with my developer about that. And so there's like all these little micro fails, but I know that I'm setting by doing and by trying, I'm setting myself up for long term success. Exactly. And I think most of the people that you look to as those that have produced like very successful careers or um, you just think overall they just have a very successful life, guaranteed that they've had a ton of failures along the way uh, in order to learn something new, uh, in order to realize I have to pivot, go on to a completely new idea or make a small adjustment so that this idea um, comes to fruition. Uh, I, I think that I find myself 
comparing myself to other people and I'm sure a lot of people do that too and that's not a good thing to do because you don't get somebody else's full story in doing that like when I listen to Gary Vee and he talks about how he was pulled out of high school to go work every day after work and missed all of his college years and now he's in his 40s and he's really starting to find success you know it's easy for me to say oh he's running a multi-million dollar business and you know I can do that too but I haven't done the 25 I wasn't there for those 25 years of the struggle and a lot of people forget that fact so they start something they're like oh I didn't get you know a thousand followers yet or five or no one's listening to my message and then they give up and it's not it's, you've found a failure and now it's time for you to pivot and adjust your strategy and continue pursuing what you want to do right I think a way to think about failure and kind of embracing failure is just putting it into your process and putting it into your journey altogether so a way to think about it is, one, start out with a really um, strong growth mindset. Most people that you see that are superstars at whatever they do, that they weren't born with those skills or those tools. That's something that they've worked on over time. Sometimes it takes them 25 years to sharpen those tools and those skills. and um, Or sometimes it's a little bit less than that. But either way, they put in a great amount of time of practice uh, and effort. And even just thinking about something we all see all the time are just like athletes, professional athletes. You know, really only about 1% of people that go out for that make it into like the NFL or the NBA. And, you know, they spent their entire lives training for that. Um, and so you can't go start out thinking, oh, I suck at this and there's no way to change it. You know, I'm sure there were probably aspects of uh, their craft that they had to really work on and practice in order to become more well-rounded. And that goes for anybody. In order to become more well-rounded and successful at what you're trying to do, you have to keep practice, practicing and going after it. And that also encompasses failure. So you want to think about having a growth mindset of the things that I want to accomplish are things that I can learn even if I'm not that great at it. I think when you listen to episodes two and episodes three about goal setting and doing energy audit and finding your why, you realize that you're pursuing these things for a reason, uh, whether you love it or whether you're good at it, um, and to meet your goals. And so it's it's you don't want to just give up on those things because they are who you are and you're going to end up either regretting that live life with no regrets um, or, or you're going to miss you know all the opportunities that you really want to you want to make happen exactly so the next part of that is to act so like what you're talking about is not just think about things that you're passionate about and maybe start thinking of the pathway that you can take um, towards that passion or something you're good at but start acting on it and even when those those skills aren't refined so that could be um, going back to like what you're saying about having followers or likes mm -hmm. could be like you want to be a, a blogger mm -hmm. and so you've decided you know I'm gonna start this really great blog about fashion about being you know a fur mom or something like that mm -hmm. and so you just need to start writing out posts and putting them out there because the only way you're going to realize if you're moving towards um, that final goal that you've created for yourself is to get 
actual feedback from other people. Uh, and so act. It should be the next thing. That can be hard to do. Episode two, we talk about Will Smith and, and taking that leap and how that first step really sets you free. Yeah, exactly. Even if, it, like you said, it's that one step, which we'll end up getting to in a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. We're all leading up to the MVP. Yeah. So after acting and you've gotten feedback, learn from that feedback. Don't take the feedback as a failure. If you're saying, if someone's like, oh, I really did not like your intro or I felt like what you said was kind of irrelevant, don't take that to heart so much and say, okay, this means I need to give up. But no, that might mean you need to pivot. Maybe the topics you were talking about just don't resonate with your audience, so maybe come at it from a different angle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then put something else back out there. So Lean into that. Ask, ask more questions. Well, what didn't resonate with you? And how could I make that better? Exactly. Exactly. What would you like to hear next time? Exactly. Mm-hmm. I can uh, do that. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you do that all the time, actually. I try. Being a business owner. Uh-huh, for sure. It's a feedback's a tough thing to receive. Especially Absolutely. honest, like, hits home feedback, you know. It can be really crushing. Especially if it's something you're super passionate about, and you're like, I believe this is the best idea ever, and someone's mm-hmm. like, absolutely not. That's why you surround yourself with great people, though, because they're the ones that will give you that feedback, and then they'll support you while you work to accomplishing what you really want to achieve. Exactly. And you also have to have that open mindset of this is a way for me to figure out how to get better Mm -hmm. not necessarily say this is a means to an end Uh, so I've talked about how I'm in pursuit of building my own after-school program that focuses on middle school students and giving them the soft skills like leadership collaboration um, communication giving them those tools very early on so they have time to sharpen them and use them to build their own success. Mm -hmm. And in doing that, you know, I've had a lot of people that really rally behind my idea. Uh, And then I've had a few conversations where I walked away and I was like, wow, that conversation did not go the way I wanted it to. But I had to take a step back and look at the notes I had taken down. And it wasn't always um, the person I was speaking to saying, your idea sucks. Mm -hmm. It was just elements of my idea that just didn't work for them as my end customer. And so those were places that I said, okay, I have an opportunity to reshape that and then continue to move forward and get more feedback. That's really noble of you. (laughs) It's a hard thing to do, like I said. Yeah. I know I've given you feedback about your business before, and you're probably like, oh, Mark, come on. (laughs) I mean, who doesn't kind of feel that first pang of, like, (sighs) Oh, really? Uh Are you really trying to say that to me right now? Um, But the whole thing of having, like, a growth mindset is then being able to reflect back on it and say, you know, maybe I didn't quite get it right this time, but there's still time for me to get it right next time. Yeah. So, uh, episode three, we talked about uh, bullet journaling and goal setting and writing your notes down, and this plays in really well with all that. Yeah, it really does. I think, again, going back to the idea of getting things down for you to go back and be able to reference um, reference it on a consistent basis to keep at the forefront your why and your goals will help you persist through these times of where you're failing uh, or you feel like you're failing. And also 
talking about it to other people again. That keeps coming up, but I think that you need to constantly be speaking about it because not only will it be an accountability thing of you're holding yourself to pursue something, but also getting that feedback is crucial. I know working on my own project, oftentimes it's just me working on it. I don't have a partner doing it. And so you ask yourself the same questions and you get the same answers. Mm -hmm. And your answer could be like, this sounds great. This makes a whole lot of sense. You've worked your way through it. But then when you take it out to other people, they may have a different perspective on it. They may not say, oh, you know, I don't like it altogether. But they may ask you to start thinking about it differently in a way you never considered. And that could even take you down um, a different path or just give you more options on how to complete that goal. When uh, you were talking about, like, doing that, doing your work on your own, I thought of two things. Um, One, it's, and you keep coming back to the same question, you know, if the question you're trying to solve seems impossible to solve, then you're trying to solve the right question. So if you're having those thoughts, I would encourage you to think of other questions that you need to ask yourself so that you can work through that problem in a new way. Two, it made me think of a failure when I started Pop Culture, the popcorn shop three years ago. You know, I didn't develop an MVP. I didn't have a business partner. Um, I just opened a stand. And, like, looking back on that, you know, there were so many other ways where I could have, you know, alleviated risk or continued to learn and understand my audience. Um, But I just, yeah, I'm, I'm... I just took the plunge. I'm a ready, fire, aim type person, as my buddy Brian likes to say. And so now that I have a partner in Sophie at the pop shop, it's much easier to be ready, aim, fire. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I totally get that. But I I wonder if you had sat down and thought through every single thing before executing, do you think that you would have gotten a better result? I needed to ask more questions. I needed to uh, I needed to do a lot more research. Like when you talk about an MVP and having gone through Catamaran Business Accelerator and really like learning the right and wrong ways to start a business. Looking back on that, I realized that I made a lot of mistakes. So I'm glad I had that process the second time around as I started the web application as I started Pop Rider, so I could make a lot fewer mistakes and put myself ahead of the curve. Okay. So could you go back? Something you said was if you would have done like an MVP, could you break down what is an MVP? MVP. Uh, MVP means minimum viable product. It was um, brought to the forefront of tech jargon uh, maybe a decade ago. Eric Reese in his book, The Lean Startup, talks about it as a scientific method to build, measure, learn. Those are the key components of your minimum viable product. Uh, And then to continue iterating from there. So you're trying to start up and sell and and work through your product as quickly as possible. And most people, they have a product made up in their head, and that's what they go to market as. So for me, Popped Culture, a popcorn shop that gives back to the community, right? Like that was my Mm -hmm. idea. The proper way to come up with that con- that conclusion is through the evidence-based research model. So you ask questions, you talk to people that are going to buy your product, you talk to the school district, 
the people that are going to take donations, the Central Pennsylvania Food Bank, like everybody that's involved in these different spaces. And, and it can be like 20 interviews or so. You shadow people. You see how the process works. And you really go about trying to understand your everyone that's going to be involved with your process and then designing a solution around that, right? right? So I went with popcorn. Well, popcorn's a great snack for kids to stay after school, but it's not very nutritious, right? So if somebody goes home hungry, then maybe a simple popcorn snack and like that's somebody goes home hungry and they might not have other meals, popcorn's not good enough. Maybe you need to be like a high protein, super nutritious type of snack might have been better. Um, so and developing your MVP is really important, and and that was made popular by Eric Ries uh, in the Lean Startup Method. Yeah. So Catarain, when I was in the Business Accelerator, taught me more about how to conduct research and to develop um, d- design thinking. Is that is that what you call it? Yeah, uh, uh, design thinking is very it's a component of like a lean startup. It can be a component of that, but it's um, a way of problem solving. So really, with design thinking, you're you're starting to answer the problem or come up with a solution from the perspective of what's going to best serve your end customer, end user. So it's not about me coming up with an idea that I think is really awesome and I love it, but it's coming up with a solution that you've gone out, you've talked to those that are going to actually either use your product or service and you make sure your answer you make sure you're solving the right problem for them and that the solution you come up with is a good fit for that um, so you really start out with uh, you start out with the perspective of being empathetic uh, putting yourself in their shoes mm-hmm. and then you progress through uh, the whole idea of just like ideate so you're coming up with a bunch of ideas you prototype so you come up with something that could be an MVP something that's and maybe just an aspect of your solution Mm -hmm. that you want to test and see if there's validity to it and you kind of push that out to your customer and user and let them give you feedback and with that feedback you build on it and you kind of it's a I guess you would say a cyclical kind of process. It's not something where you start the beginning and you end. Like you might come and come up with an idea and prototype it and then go back to the idea before you actually push it out um, to like market. There's a lot to unpack there, right? Because you're starting off with research. Mm -hmm. And so that could be getting on the internet and Googling um, different information about your product. That could be finding people in your area. That could be talking to people in your area, whether that's parents or students or principals or um, any sort of stakeholder, uh, depending on your product. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be shadowing somebody that's using that product or a similar product. It could be you yourself using that sort of product and getting your own feedback from it. Right. And so there's so there's a lot of ways to conduct research, and I encourage anyone to use any and all of those that are applicable to them. Right, and I think the most important thing is getting out and talking to people. I think that's the best thing you can do. It's great to look online and pull, you know, white papers and things like that, but depending on who you're going to target, you want to go straight to them. So you can hear it straight from the horse's mouth of, like, 
this is what I want, this is what I need, um, and this is the problem like that I have versus making a lot of assumptions. All of your, uh, most of your assumptions can be answered once you start talking with people directly. When you're talking about uh, I, uh, ideating and um, working through the research process, um, you then maybe want to do like a business model canvas or something along mm -hmm. those lines would be great or a concept map and we can post photos of sort of what those look like. But they can be really helpful so you can really, before you even start research, um, understand the ecosystem that you'll be working within. Right. I think the first step of that is really defining what is the problem you're trying to solve. Mm -hmm. Be very clear about that. Uh, and from there, that can launch you uh, through the rest of the business model. Because I feel like oftentimes it's easier to start with your solution. Like you're amped up, like I've thought of this idea, I've thought of this solution. I've thought that it would be great if I could give students popcorn at the mm -hmm. a after school. But really that may not be the actual problem they're having. That may, the af eating popcorn after school may not be solving an actual problem for them. So you really wanna start with the problem with your why, as to why you want to launch into this. You're really eating into how I made some mistakes in my first business. I like it. That was fun. Do you like that? Uh, it's so true. I like using pop culture and myself as an example. Yeah. I mean, and everybody's had their own kind of failures, and it's not always around business, but I feel a lot of this is transferable. Uh, even when I was thinking about going to college, I said, I'm going to a four-year college. That was something that was set from the beginning. Um, and it was an expectation and I knew I wanted to go because it could give me a better life and things like that but I didn't do a ton of research before launching into that process and because of that I came across a lot of bumps in the road uh, that I could have avoided uh, even just thinking about how many schools I applied to it was just kind of at random like oh this has a free application mm -hmm. <laughs> let me apply there not even thinking about is it a good fit for me can it cater to my needs as like a first-generation college goer do they have uh, the systems and places set up on campus that I could go to um, and the place I ended up I was lucky enough again to find mentors on campus that helped me through that but there was nothing formally set up that I knew I could go to straight away if I have these certain questions and feel like they could be answered um, satisfactorily. <laughs> so looking back, you think you could have done things differently is what you realized? Oh my gosh, I could have done things differently for <laughs> sure, for sure. I always, when I said ready, fire, aim earlier, it's I don't want to be the person that's not making a move. So I would, I, you know, so that's why I put myself in some so many of these situations because yeah. I'm like, well, I'm doing it though. Like now I've started. Right, and I think, oftentimes, like you said, err on the side of action because you are gonna learn something from it, and you'll be able to apply it to maybe your next foray into like a similar area. Um, and if you don't err on the side of action, it's almost like you lose that lesson completely. And more than likely, you're going to come up against a similar roadblock anyway. So you might as well just learn it early, learn it fast, <laughs> mm -hmm. learn that lesson quickly, and figure out how to adapt. 
throw them in the pool, you're going to learn how to swim, right? Yeah. Is that actually true? No, probably not. <laughs> don't do that. Don't try that with your kids or anything. Or if you do, don't blame it on us if something happens. It's, this is why mentoring is so important, because you jump in with them and you can help them swim. Exactly. So going through this whole thing of failure and um, MVPs, I think it's important uh, when we start talking about mentors to realize your mentor isn't necessarily there to protect you from every failure. Uh, your mentor should be there to hold your hand, maybe give you some of their own wisdom from maybe some past failures that they had that you can take into consideration. Mm -hmm. uh, but it shouldn't be an expectation on them that they are going to shield you from every single thing. It's important for you to fail and to learn from your own mistakes as part of your journey in order to keep moving forward. For me, my mentors are the people I go to when I'm feeling lost and I'm not sure what to do next or you know I set a financial goal I'm not sure I'm gonna make it or I'm doing you know one of these business model canvases or starting a new business and I'm not sure the next move it's helpful to have those people to reach out to and be like hey what's the thing I do next and they're the ones with the answers they tell you what to do right right you're like all right I got it I'm back on track thank you or hopefully they tell you what to do what's some have you ever had a situation where you were hoping for like a direct answer and you got like, I don't know, something that was more philosophical like Mr. Miyagi, wax on, wax off. You know, I think as I've continued to grow and find new mentors that I've had, I've been fortunate enough to get the feedback I need, but sometimes you don't, right? Like sometimes it's, it's something that you need to change how you function as a person and there's no specific pathway for that right like that's more of a mindset thing yeah. so we can give you tools all day but if at the end of the day your problem is your mindset then you gotta search within you that you know that's not like something they can give you like oh just be happy or stop seeming so needy right right it's, it's like you gotta change your whole interaction you gotta embrace this certain feeling and that comes from within not from somebody else yeah i really like what you said of that has to be you have to come in with the right mindset um and they can't always give you something that can be actionable um where they're giving you like a step-by-step -step. Mm -hmm. like talking about not being too needy or talking about uh, be happier, mm -hmm. you really know that. <laughs> you can only be the one to best kind of guide yourself through that pathway. And so you have to also sit down again with yourself, do like um, an energy audit mm -hmm. and things like that in order to guide yourself through some of those rough waters um, in order to come out at the other end feeling like you learn something new which that in itself learning something new whether it was good or bad is a success yeah how do you define success well sometimes it's accomplishing goals right so we talked about goal setting this can be financial or this can be pro progress based goals um, I uh, will say that one thing about success is so often it's not celebrated when it needs to be you know sometimes when you write your goals down and you meet them 
sit back and take those in because it's so easy to get lost in the minutia of, oh, I failed or I did this wrong or I could have done it this way or should have done it that way or this person's advice was right and I don't know why I did that. And you're always double thinking. You're always being your own toughest critic. So when you find yourself in a place where you did something right, you accomplished a goal, somebody gives you positive feedback, you know, really take that in and embrace that and, and settle into that and see how it feels. I think that's so true. And especially when you're in pursuit of a goal or a pursuit of your passion, it's very easy to say, okay, I've checked that off my list. Let's move on to the next thing mm-hmm. and not, again, acknowledge that you've had a success, even if it's a small success. Because honestly, it's all of the small things that add up to that big, large success. Even when we talked about goals, we didn't say you're going from driving, not even driving, riding a bike to having like a Lamborghini. Like that's your end goal. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just, it's not a jump like that. There's a lot of things in between that help you get to that Lamborghini. And all those things along the way you should celebrate um, because it's getting you one step closer. And I think we do oftentimes overlook those things that should be celebrated. There's a, an image that's like, people think success is like this, or for our viewers, I don't know if it's the other way, but the arrow is straight from the bottom corner to the top corner, you know, and yeah. that's how success, but really it's from the bottom corner up and down and up and down and swirl and swirl and swirl <laughs> and down and then up and then you get there, you know, and right. you could even make it three-dimensional and you're going other ways. Right. And I think also success isn't necessarily an end point. It's not... Once you've gotten there, it's like, oh, yes, I'm a success. Like, now I can sit back and just Mm -hmm. relax. I think as humans, we are always going to crave more, which Mm -hmm. also could be why those little successes we don't celebrate because you're like, Mm -hmm. okay, that wasn't quite good enough. Like, now I need to go on to this next thing. And I, I would find it very hard to believe that anybody, even a person that's like a gazillionaire or like Bill Gates or whoever else, sits back at the end of the day and it's just like I'm a success and so my life is complete like they always would like to expand themselves in many different ways and directions and so I think it's healthy to to really focus on the journey from A to B versus that destination point I like to think of it in terms of failures and success let you help you help you reset your brain almost and so that when you're then repeating these things going forward, right, you, you have success and then you have to keep doing those things to continue success. And those are the points where you can then reformat your brain almost, put them on autopilot that'll then help you level up even more the next with the next goal you want to achieve. Right. So, okay, we typically do almost like a challenge out to our uh, viewers and listeners. And so I would say your challenge is to post three small successes that you've had this week. Whether it's like, hey, I decided to clean the hair out of the drain and I typically leave it because I'm way too tired Uh to clean that out. (laughs) Or it's like, Uh um, you secured that meeting that you were hoping to get. You know, just write down those three things, post it in our Facebook group um, so we can all all celebrate with you. Heck yeah, you'll get many claps for that. Yeah, yeah, Uh like... Little praise hands, uh, uh. you know, all that. I like it. I like to think when you're talking about the hair in the drain, I went to the. Have you heard of like the two minute rule? 
Life pro tip, two minute rule. If it takes two minutes or less, do it now. I like that. Do it. So if it's, yeah, doing the dishes, two minutes or less, put it now. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, if you're going to go, you're going to like, you're in the mood to make love or something. Maybe you leave those dishes there, even though they're only going to take two minutes. If you're on your way out the door, you don't have to, you know, sort through the mail real quick. Right. Sometimes, you know, two minutes or less got to go out the window. But more or less, it helps you get things done. It really does. Something else, another pro tip is like, only touch it once. So say, you know, you have that, like you said, the dishes. You have a spoon, you just used it, you were eating Ben and Jerry's, something I do very often. Very hard not to eat the whole pint. Um, but instead of just throwing it into the sink, take the sponge, wash it off, put it away. Do it. Yeah. But do it with Turkey Hill. I mean, yeah, I'll, no, I'm, I'm open kidding. to Turkey Hill. I'm open to Turkey Hill. We're in Turkey Hill country. Why not? Yeah, shout out to Turkey Hill. Shout out. <laughs> um, yeah, so thinking about MVPs, I just kind of want to wrap yeah, that yeah, up. Yeah, we digress, totally. So we talk about research, iteration. Research, iteration, and then thinking about, well, we already said iteration. Iteration, do you want to break down what iteration is? Well, it's a t coming up with a hypothesis, testing that hypothesis hypothesis and then making a move from there yeah so I mean all of these things I only know because I had to take a class on it so when people would talk to me about this outside of when I had that class well before I had that class I was like I don't know what you're talking about but I'm just gonna nod and be like oh yeah mm -hmm, I do those things um, but yeah make sure when you're starting out with an MVP have a solid hypothesis and make sure that you're kind of checking everything against that. And then whatever kind of mini changes you need to do, do them. Go for it. Right? Yeah. I was I was thinking that this is kind of like a very surface overview of, of MVP. And we need to definitely have some guests to do a deeper dive. So if you're not following everything that we're doing, know that we're going to come back to it. And we're also going to put some tools on our on uh, our Facebook page yeah. so that you can still work through these things. Yeah, most definitely, because I think this is something that you can't just talk about and listen to. This is another thing that you have to work through in order to really get a good grasp on it. One thing that I posted today was the Carver skateboard. So when it comes time to actually building your MVP, you might tell somebody that you're going to build a car, but that shouldn't stop you from releasing uh, your iterations or your other trials along the way, thinking that you have to wait until the end to do that is wrong. Instead, come out with your MVP, come out with a simpler solution early, ask your audience how, to give you feedback on that, and start learning as early as you can. And especially before you invest a lot of time and money. I mean, time is money. We're always waiting time and money as well. Um, and that's a good way of like releasing the skateboard. Is a good way to find out are you chasing the right thing? Because you might find out, hey, we actually don't even want a car at all. We really just want a souped up skateboard. Um, and then if they still want a car, you can have elements of that skateboard or elements of that product or service you're releasing that you can get very solid uh, feedback on and then you can tweak that without having to think about tweaking something that's very large 
Um, so something I personally did, thinking about a program that I'm trying to build, was instead of building a complete program, renting out a space, hiring people, mm-hmm. and then saying, okay, people come in and join in, bring your students and whatnot, I decided to partner with a couple of local schools, do it for very low cost, like just have some basic materials, do it with a small amount of students, and test whether a school would even be interested in a program like I'm trying to develop. Also do the same thing for students. Are they interested in entrepreneurship in middle school? They might not be. And then also, once I had a small group, test my curriculum. So test you know, the lessons I'm trying to teach them. Are they actually getting through to them? Are they effective? Um, and I did that twice at two local schools, and I learned so much from that. Uh, and it's now informed me on how I'm going to proceed forward as I begin to think about how do I make this something that's bigger. Someone might ask, you know, well, if you did the, your research, how'd you not know? And there's just, you can't, even though you think you have an answer, you just might not know it until you implement what you want to do, right? Exactly, and you can't, the research doesn't always control for that exact uh target audience you know they could have been in testing something with people in Vermont or testing with students that maybe have are a little bit older than the students I'm trying to work with Mm -hmm. Um, the gist of the information is helpful and relevant but until I actually work with exactly who I'm targeting I'm really not going to know for sure it's all a big guess so when you're thinking about car, skateboard, MVP, obviously car and skateboard are, are, are relative. Um, they're just an example. Really think about what's the least you can do or build to get you to your starting point. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you think the least you can do to, to get to your starting point of an app is an app, you're wrong, okay? I hate to break it to you, but you're wrong, okay? Because you could start a blog. You could get on Reddit. You could start a Facebook group. Mm-hmm. You could start a podcast. And there's you could start writing on Medium or LinkedIn and really s- sharing your knowledge in a field. And then you get the following. And then you can learn from that. And is it the right direction to steer the ship in or not? So right. you might have this grand idea. And really, it's hard, I know. And you're going to say, no, but I just want this. I challenge you to distill that and distill that and really think what's the simplest way you can do it. And some of that, even coming down from just like the idea, but you're thinking about the aesthetics of it all. You're like, oh, I need to make sure it looks like this. You don't even necessarily have to build the app. That could be you get a paper and pencil and you draw out what you want the screen to look like. I love it. And you show it to someone and say, what do you think about this? Uh, And that gives you a starting point. Maybe they're like, we don't really like the button down in the very at the very bottom. We want it to be up at the top or in the middle. And with that, that took you no time at all to make a little sketch of it versus if you had to build an actual app that had these buttons. It's like, oh, I want to build a cell phone, but like you could start off by just cutting a piece of cardboard or something and moving the numbers around, you know? Exactly, exactly. So it's all about trying to save your time and your money. Because something, that was a mantra that I learned in grad school, was like, you're always bleeding time and money. And so you have to figure out how to kind of stop the bleeding a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Do we have have any questions or people that are 
asking us anything right now? Um, we do have a few comments. Okay. Uh, Carla Raymond Hunter says, finishing the last episode, great information. Thank you, Carla. Awesome. Thank you. That's my mom. Oh, what's up? Hey, Mom. Episode 2, 1 and 2 are up. Episode 3 is on the way. It's about goal setting. You're tuning in now to Episode 4. Bridget Washington Samuel says, uh, that jacket is pretty snazzy. Oh, thank you. Oh, no, I think that's you. Uh, You I don't know about that. You got some... Cool stuff going what on. What was the episode we were talking on? Like, you know, you're just like the fly. It's too bad. Nobody can see us or anything. And now it's coming to fruition. And now it's coming. <laughs> and I mean, and you're just as fly. Thank you. <laughs> She's talking about you, though. And uh, the last one that really stands out is William Way says, I'm taking notes. Great advice. Awesome. Thank you, William. Um, check out the Facebook page uh, because we'll be sending out some tools to help you along. Cool. Tools, tips, videos. You can ask us any questions at any time. You can always send us a message. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so something I want to end with that we discussed prior to this is thinking again about failure doesn't always mean the end. And learn from the feedback. Really listen. You can choose to take it. You can choose to throw it out. But just come into a new situation or diving onto a new journey with an open mind. Uh, We'll be posting a short video. It's about five minutes. And I think it's awesome. It's about a little boy that was a first grader. And it, he was drawing a butterfly. And it starts out with his initial butterfly. And you see the comparison of what he's actually trying to draw. And he could have stopped right there and said, I failed. Like, my butterfly looks nothing like the picture. And just based off of giving his classmates an opportunity to give him feedback, the beginning and end results are drastic. Like, honestly, I think he drew better than I did by the time he got to his last photo. So keep an eye out for that. And I think it really embodies exactly what we were talking about today. It's a perfect way to wrap up. Failure, developing your MVP. If you like the content that we share with you today, if you support us, please tag a friend, share this with somebody. If you're listening to the podcast right now, give us that five stars, give us a review, share with one person you think could be influenced positively by what we're sharing. Thank you so much. Freedom! Let's talk about it, not talk around it. I'm talking about that. Can't we get along for God's sake? Lock arms, kumbaya, drop the crime rate. Let's talk about it, not talk around it. I'm talking about that. We taught to obey what the law seems. It's more to the law, not at all seems. The hope for racial equality is a mirage. That a nation under God with display of collides. And truth, racism is draped and camouflaged. Whether it still exists on an everyday job. The American gold go from rags to riches. But this approach won't even cover half the ticket for those who feel they have to get it. Hold on to possessions, hoping not to ever have to get it. Up, uh, with great success comes much adversity. Our culture suffers from surface diversity. Tolerate each other as a common courtesy. Long as we can come up on some currency, the facade needs purging. We wrap the country well, so we're facing a state of emergency. There's no quick fix for this, and it's irking me. We need some vital signs preceding the surgery. Yeah. Let's talk about it, not talk around it. I'm talking about that. Can't we get along for God's sake? Life arms, cool, and y'all drop the crime rate. Let's talk about it, not talk around it. I'm talking about that. We're taught to obey what the law seems. Fist ball 
to the Lord, not at all safe. Wow, frustrating to see the abuse of a heritage related to me. Auto brutality, police who got away with the plea. But Kaepernick is scrutinized for taking a knee. Please, that's not emancipation, my G. Express freedom of speech, protest freedoms to speak. Bash the social activists parading for peace, but tolerate the white supremacists raiding the streets. That's deep, can't be shallow on the matter of the topic. Claim America's the land of the free. Come on, stop it. Politically correct doesn't make one a profit. These political execs made us leap with a dollar. You are saying so much that should be taken for profit. President to elect, fail to keep what they promise. No action without the approval of Congress. When to keep us chained up with heavy yokes on our conscience, that ain't freedom. We are confronted primarily with a moral issue. It is as old as the scriptures and is as clear as the American Constitution. The heart of the question is whether all Americans are to be afforded equal rights and equal opportunities. If an American, because his skin is dark, if, in short, he cannot enjoy the full and free life which all of us want, then who among us would be content to have the color of his skin changed and stand in his place? Freedom! Let's talk about it, now talk around it. I'm talking about that. Freedom! Let's talk about it, now talk around it. I'm talking about that. Freedom! Let's talk about it, now talk around it. I'm talking about that. Freedom! Let's talk about it, not talk around it, around it. Freedom. Let's talk about it, not talk around it. I'm talking about that. Can we get along for God's sake? Life forms cool when y'all drop the crime rate. Freedom. Let's talk about it, not talk around it. I'm talking about that. We talk to obey what the law says. Fist ball to the law, not it all seems. One hundred years of delay have passed. President Lincoln Freedom. freed the slaves, get their heirs grandsons are not fully free. They're not yet freed from the bonds of injustice. They're not yet freed from social and economic oppression. And this nation, for all its hopes and all its boasts, will not be fully free until all its citizens are free.